0: Hello everyone and welcome to the Father Son Packers Podcast, your brand new source for Packers content, analysis, and news. I am here today. My name is Tommy, and I'm here as always with my co-host, my dad Matt. Dad, how are you doing? I'm doing well. It's been a good it's been a good day. Yep. We are recording to you now on Tuesday night, and we are here today to react to the Packers' new 53-man roster. It was official today uh downs for today. It's a very tough day in the NFL. As a lot of people lose uh their shots, but we are here today to react to uh the team that the Packers have put forward that, you know, fingers crossed is going to win that 2023 Super Bowl. Oh, it uh it's, it's likely, right? Guaranteed to win us this 2023 Super Bowl. My mistake. You know, you know, I we all we all we all make mistakes every now and then. But anyway, before we get started, we just wanted to let you guys know what is going on with us. We still have our new Twitter account out. We would love for you guys to give us a follow, at FatherSonPacker. And we also have a new schedule to you coming... Um, for this regular season coming up. We are going to be regularly regularly recording on Sunday and Thursday nights going forward as the season begins because we want to just bring you as much Packers content as possible. We're going to be recording after game days on Sunday. So if we have a Monday night game, we will be be recording Monday night. And then Thursday nights will be our pregame for the coming week. Um, So just get ready for that. Get excited. We know we're really excited. And we're just excited to talk Packers with you, talk Packers we just it's going to be a great season. We we can't wait.
1: Looking forward to a lot of fun, watch a lot of football.
0: Yeah. There's nothing like watching football on a nice autumn Sunday. There's just nothing like it. But anyway, Dad, uh without further ado, let's get down to the 53 man roster. And I know you had a little bit of analysis you had done that you kind of wanted to touch on before we got into the players the Packers picked.
1: Yeah, so I did a little homework the last few days cuz I I had this notion, and maybe other people had put it out there, about are there certain positions where it's safer to cut a player and your possibility of getting them back is higher? And so I was I kind of thinking, well, what if they, you know, um, say keep a bunch of extra players in one position and then, say, cut like a running back or, you know, some or something else? It's like, if, is, there, is there any reason to think that's actually a thing? So I went through the last six years of the uh the 53 cutdowns for every team in the nfl um see how many players were cut at every position and then how many players were claimed off of waivers the next day so only only the waiver claims, it's not the other kind of signings that, that happened later and um what i found was a little surprising to me in some ways actually though uh I should say first that on average, there was about one player per team claimed off of waivers from the cutdown. So it's actually not that high, um, except for 2020, which is a really weird year where there's only like one player claimed for every two teams. And you, as you recall, that was the year with no preseason games, training camps weren't open to the public. And so teams didn't know as much about. Yep. Totally other makes team, sense. Players. Way less Packers information Packers on totally these other teams. Took a, Packers totally took advantage of that to hide Chris Barnes that year. Yep, yep. Um, so that was, you were people were They took a starter
0: you know, and snuck him onto the practice squad. He was yeah. the he was the week one, snap one starter, and they snuck him onto the practice squad. I remember looking out there and being like, who on earth is number 51?
1: Yeah, and so that was kind of a league-wide phenomenon where hardly anybody got claimed. Um, and certainly nobody who... Was an unknown like Barnes? I would, I guess, I, I suppose I could look through all sixteen, but it was like only sixteen players that year. In other years, it was more like um, thirty some, mm. and so that year is only three percent of the players who were waived got claimed. But in an average year, it's more like seven or eight percent of the um, players who are waived at the cut down to fifty three get claimed. There, so I was wondering, are there any outliers? So <laughs> one thing that surprised me. Is like the specialty, um, the specialists, kickers, punters, and long snappers. It's I think I think it's probably a result of small sample size, but those Mm -hmm. are like the most common players to get picked up by other teams. Yeah, Um, and they're more. It's
0: wild to me that there are less than 32 people in the world that can long snap. It's just a crazy (laughs) thing to me. It does not seem like something, and not to disparage the position at all, but it does not seem like something that there are only like 27 people in the world who can do.
1: Yeah. So in, in those three positions, it's only like like two players, two or three players claimed over the last six years at cutdowns because there's just not very mm-hmm. many. that yeah. get cut. hardly any teams carry an extra one. Well, usually once you have
0: one, once you have one, it's like they're on the roster for another fifteen years, which you know. Yeah. Hopefully, Jack Coco. Hopefully, so hopefully Jack Coco. Hopefully
1: Jack Coco. I thought he was looking pretty solid. But uh, so that was what. And then so the players that get picked, the the, the positions that have the most players picked are wide receiver, cornerback actually is number one, then wide receiver, and then edge rusher.
0: And this is in terms of raw numbers? Raw that was just numbers? raw
1: numbers. So 32 mm-hmm. cornerbacks, 27 wide receivers, and 23 edge rushers. Okay. And this was since what year again? This is uh, starting with 2016. Okay, cool. But the thing that's kind of uh, interesting is like there's just a lot more wide receivers who get cut.
0: Yeah. It's like way more Makes than the group.
1: And th- and the same with uh cornerback um and edge. Those are like numbers 2 and 3 in terms of total number of players who get cut at the cutdowns. Um in terms of the percentage of pl- of those cut players who get picked, wide receivers are actually kind of in the middle, right around the same position as like running backs, which I was thinking, mm-hmm. "Oh, you can stash a running back and you're very likely to get him back." Well, the the likelihood of any one running back getting claimed is just as high as Anyone cut wide receiver. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, the the play the, the positions that were picked up the least were centers, defensive tackles, inside linebackers, and offensive tackles. Actually, which kind of surprised That's, me. That
0: surprises me because you'd think yeah. like everyone always says. I know even uh, was it Pelicero tweeted today. Tom Pelicero of NFL Network tweeted that uh, he heard a lot of teams asking around about tackles. Um and asking yes, around and the, uh, looking at who, the tackles that been cut. Yep, they one traded of, uh, with maybe. the Vikings a, a conditional seventh round for Jesse Davis. Is his name?
1: Is that, I can't is that remember right? Who they got from the Vikings? But I let did me see just that. ask my. But, and maybe that really it's just because that any tackle who has even the slightest chance of being good doesn't get let go.
0: Yeah, it um, was Jesse Davis, by the way.
1: Okay, it was Jesse Davis. So like cornerback, it's like one out of every. Nine or ten cornerbacks gets picked up, but for uh, offensive tackles, it's only one out of every twenty-five who gets cut gets picked up. Same for like centers and inside linebackers; it's a uh, much more rare for them to get claimed. They're not, and the number who are cut is not that much different. Um, so that that surprised me a little. So some things were surprises to me. Um, yeah, that, that cornerbacks are the least likely to get through. Of all the positions, and quarterbacks as well get picked up, but that's again a, a relatively small sample size—not terribly small—but um, it's really it's mostly a tight grouping. It's only when you go to the top and the bottom that you really see a difference. Like all the things, like edge, running back, um, wide receiver, safety, guard—they're all around seven, six percent of the cut players get picked up. So there's not that much separating most of the positions. Mm-hmm. So that, that surprised me a little bit. and like, that's definitely
0: oh. something to keep in mind because I know I think Gudekins had talked about it, a few GMs have talked about it where with these new practice squad rules, you don't really have a fifty three man roster anymore. You have a sixty nine man roster you have yeah. each player from the practice squad can be promoted three different times throughout the season is that that's right, right? It's three times yes,
1: and that's something I think we'll talk about later. Uh, exactly. Some of, and, the,
0: some of the implications of that rule in particular. And So you only want to send down I, the people to the practice squad that you don't think are gonna get cut. And so I think that we should really view it through that lens or that you don't think are gonna get picked up, excuse me. So you should only really you should really view this roster through that lens of a lot of these guys are gonna tr- they're gonna try and get back on the practice squad, the guys that were cut. Yes. Um, and I'll, I think that they cut these guys thinking, hey, these are the ones that have the lowest likelihood of being claimed and we can discuss whether or not we agree with them on that but i think that that's the approach that they were taking
1: yeah and the other thing to remember is like um, on average a team only lose one player per year yeah um, so it's it's a it's a you know very small number that yeah. you actually are going to lose on average
0: exactly but without packers, further ado the packers
1: have only lost 3 in the last 6 years and they've only claimed two Mm. so they've been on the lower end they're on the lower end yeah 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 compared to other teams they've lost fewer and claimed fewer than most teams
0: Mm. well without further ado let's get into talking about the roster you ready to go yep ready to go okay there are a few of these positions that i think we can breeze through because they're exactly as expected and we are gonna just barely touch on them one of those positions is quarterback where where they are keeping aaron Rodgers and jordan love They cut Danny Etling, although I would not be surprised to see him back on the practice squad and think I, in fact, I think it's almost a certainty that you'll see him back on the practice squad. But do you have any notes on this or should we just move right on?
1: Yeah, two is the only reason they didn't, the only year they didn't take two was um, Love's rookie year where he couldn't have a training camp to become number two. Exactly. Two two seems to be the go-to for LaFleur.
0: Yeah, and as much as we loved having the Tim Boyle laser show and as much as uh, Danny Etling actually looked pretty solid in in preseason, it's just not necessary to have three with call-ups. Yep. Yep. So on to running back, where I actually think this is the most interesting position of the 53. They only kept two. They kept Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon and no one else on the 53. And this is the least number kept under Matt LaFleur, where in the past three years they have kept four, four, three, and then this year, two. And then when you look at other teams around the league, this two running back keeper is actually even more interesting because you look at all the other teams in the league, all 31 other teams, 24 of them kept four running backs, seven of them kept three running backs, and the Packers were the only one to keep two. So when you think about it, it almost does seem like either Kylan Hill is going to be back soon, or like immediately after the four-week pup, they're comfortable losing one of Patrick Taylor or Goodson or third option, which we've talked about extensively before this podcast. And we're going to talk about here now is Amari Rogers, the de facto third running back.
1: Yes. And I heard several people um, the last couple of days talk about the Packers third running back is only gets about like 10% of the snaps, something like that mm-hmm. in the season. Yep. It's not so much, it's not that much. Um, and the other thing we're talking about in terms of like getting, I've been thinking about this a little bit too. When I was making my own 53, I had picked two, I had it down to two actually running backs. Um, and one of the the things I was thinking is with, um, Dexter Williams, Patrick Taylor and, um, Goodson all getting let go. Even if one of those is picked up by another team, they could still get, you know, if they get two of any two of those three in the practice squad, then they could you know use call ups that would cover six weeks for a third running back, and then you know if somebody gets hurt or something happens, then you just sign them, sign one of them for the whole rest of the year.
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I think you know, going back to the, I think I want to, I would like to talk about the Amari Rodgers running back. Yeah, there's season more, there's more coming up there because I think there's a lot there. So, according to Nate Tice. On Twitter, Amari Rodgers had four rushes this preseason, and he only had one all of last season. And according to Peter Bukowski on Twitter, nine of his 29 snaps versus the Chiefs were in the backfield. There is certainly something there where they are interested in getting him the ball in space, getting him the ball moving, getting him the ball out of the backfield. And maybe, you know, he's not exactly a running back. But maybe he's that de facto third running back to spell Aaron Jones and A.J. A- A- Dillon and, s- and give them some more two back sets where they don't need to have A- uh, Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon on the field. They can do two back sets with Aaron Jones and Amari Rogers or A.J. Dillon and Amari Rogers. So they don't always necessarily have to be using Jones and Dillon and using up those snap counts for them throughout the game. Yeah, I think it's
1: kind of he'll be uh, – I mean, based on some of the usage in the summer, more of the hybrid kind of player, similar to what Tyler Irvin was, where he was officially listed as a running back, but basically did both running back and wide receiver things, especially with regard to the jet motion, um, pre-snap motion that Amari Rodgers have been doing a lot of this year. And I thought he showed nice burst and wiggle um, – Um, hitting the hitting the hole and and avoiding tacklers he had a um, really
0: nice backfield a really nice like 11 yard run versus the chiefs and at that point in the game it was the best run by any running back and it was just like zamari rogers the zamari rogers the third best running back on this team now tyler goodson later had some very nice runs himself and i am pretty i i had him on my 53 man roster because i thought he showed enough to earn that spot but Maybe they I can get him for back. I a
1: long time until I just added more players in other positions.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think that that actually is the most interesting position on the roster. But I do think that one of the other, the second most uh, interesting position on the roster is wide receiver. Where the Packers kept seven receivers. Uh, in the previous years, they had kept six Five, although Tyler Irvin was a running back that year, so he was kind of a hybrid. And six in years previously. So this is the most they've kept under LaFleur. They kept Alan Lazard, Sammy Watkins, Randall Cobb, Christian Watson, Romeo Dobbs, Amari Rogers, and then this seventh spot, the most interesting one, Samari Toure over Jawan Winfrey, even after all of the things that Aaron Rodgers had to say about number 88 Winfrey. Yeah,
1: this one surprised me a little bit. I, I... uh put Winfrey into my own um fifty um fifty three prediction, though I was uh I, I kind of favored Toure. He seemed more explosive and and uh I think has more long term upside though Winfrey is a noticeably better blocker. And he's yeah. some nice blocks in that last game to open I think... up uh one of Goodson's uh, um uh, run after catches.
0: Yeah, I think a Winfrey's down. a noticeably better blocker, but I do think Toure is a noticeably better special teamer.
1: Yeah, he also liked uh, Toure. He seemed to have a knack for finding the openings in the middle of the
0: defense. He and, had a uh, really nice preseason. A quiet, not even just quietly, he was very good against the Chiefs. Oh yeah, he got thought he got better and better as the preseason went on. Yeah, Many nice, I mean,
1: um, routes um, cutting um, deep, crossers over the over the middle, and catching the ball. Um, yeah, and finding the open scene, open spots in the defense.
0: To me, I had Winfrey on on my 53-man roster, but solely because of Aaron Rodgers vouching for him. Although I do think that that is something we should talk about because I know, and we all Packers fans know, that one of the things that upset Rodgers in the past was not having his input feel valued. And so is this something like the Kumaro situation where he vouched for a guy and they decided not to keep him and Rodgers is going to be upset about it? Or is this something where they ran it past him, they were like, hey... We really like Toure. We drafted him in the 7th round for a reason. We really liked the depth in this draft and we think that he has a lot more long-term upside than Winfrey. Do you like it's got to be one or the other. You hope it's the second one because you hope I that, hope it's
1: the second one too. I yeah. don't I think I think we'll know. It might take a little while. Might not know right away which of those it is. But yeah, I like Toure. I think Toure has the upside, you know. Personally, I think he has upside down. Like he's a, a good
0: gunner. He's a he's a really good gunner. He's he gonna be nice college. on special teams. That was, yeah. that was nice. The
1: other thing I think about, you know, when you talk about uh, just the not not necessarily Toure over versus Winfrey, but just the seven receivers, you know, there are two different things they could be thinking here. One is the future when Lazard, Watkins, and Cobb are all essentially on one year deals right now um so receivers for the future or you know protection against injury with you know their top three receivers all missing a couple of games per year
0: yeah yeah and it is interesting that this is the most receivers they've kept under the floor so I think they the Packers seem to agree that this is some yeah. of the best receiver I'm, I'm depth they've had maybe and also thing. to agree yeah because they, I, I, I think there's almost no chance Watkins and Cobb get through all 17 games and Lazard, like you've said earlier, has had some struggles staying healthy. And then Christian Watson has had hasn't even gone on the field yet. So there's no guarantee that he's gonna be out there.
1: Yeah, and I don't know uh whether he missed games in college or not. That's something I haven't looked up, sorry.
0: Yeah. Well anyway, I think Ask that's Ross the wide re- Ross Uglum would know. Yes, he would. I think that's the wide receiver spot covered. Let's move on to the tight end spot. Another position that I think is we don't need to go into much. They kept four. They've kept four under LaFleur every year he's been here. Robert Tunyon, Mercedes Lewis, Josiah DeGuara, and Tyler Davis. I think as soon as Dominique Daphne was cut, I think everyone could tell that this were these were the four they were going
1: to. This was the four. There was yeah, there was no real, no real chance of it being any different with the players yeah. in the roster.
0: I think the only thing that has changed in this tight end room during the off season has maybe been the order, eyeing maybe DeGuara and Tyler Davis have switched spots, although they play such different positions that it's kind of tough to tell.
1: Right. The is that DeGuara is essentially the only player they have at his actual position.
0: Yeah, he's the only real fullback they have. Yeah. Or like fullback esque player, H back, yeah.
1: Kind of player that they have on the roster right now.
0: Yeah, and you know, they, you can see, I could see them putting Tyler Davis back there a little bit. But I, think I don't if think they need to,
1: they will do that.
0: Yeah, I could, I could see that as well. But anyway, I think we can move on from the tight end position just because that feels pretty standard. On to one of the other more interesting positions, the O line room. Where the Packers have kept 10 this year after previously under the floor keeping nine every single year so it does seem like they agreed that there was some really nice depth here at that O line room and they decided to keep the most they'd ever kept they kept David Bakhtiari John Runyon Josh Myers Royce Newman Elton Jenkins Yash Nyman Zach Tom Jake Hansen Sean Ryan and Rasheed Walker over Caleb Jones, despite him only playing in one preseason game, which I think is the most interesting thing about this position group.
1: Yeah, this is where I, I uh, diverged from the. I missed. I was wrong in the final fifty-three. I had in the end put Caleb Jones in instead of Walker because he I was. Shown. I was
0: wrong too. I had them both. I thought they were going to keep eleven.
1: <laughs> that. Uh... Knowing that you mostly kept nine, I was not expecting 11. But I had Jones instead of Walker because I thought Jones had shown more over more games. And that beca- and because of that, not necessarily because the Packers would like him long-term. It's more of this notion of who's going to get through to the practice squad. Because mm-hmm. I think they're going to try to get um, Jones to the practice squad.
0: Well, but, I, uh, I, I don't think Rashid Walker... Walker. Only- I don't think Rashid Walker would have made it to the practice squad. He, he was too have. good of he was too good of a prospect and he was a draft pick. Yeah. I think I think I think he just had, Jones had showed a lot. Show That's true, but I think Jones showed a lot, but he, I think he also showed that he's very raw. Whereas I think Walker was a draft pick, he was widely considered to be more of a fifth fourth round prospect but fell because of injuries, which you could argue that well, if he fell because of injuries, maybe no team's going to want to claim him. But I, I, I would have kept both because I think I also do think that Jones is going to get snagged and he's going to be the one of the people we miss.
1: So did you ever think about keeping both and dropping
0: somebody else? I just think that with Bakhtiari and Elton's injury concerns, you can't afford to cut decently competent O line and the only non decently competent O line, no no shade at all. The only one that I don't think is ready to play NFL snaps right now is Sean Ryan. And they're not cutting a third rounder.
1: No, they won't cut him. Uh, they won't. One thing that's interesting, you know, I was thinking that if they went as low as nine like they did other years, I think they would have tipped their hand that at least one of Bakhtiari and Jenkins would be ready, because they wouldn't. I don't think they'd go game day with only nine and basically only seven playable offensive yeah. linemen.
0: Yeah, that's Im- that's impossible.
1: Yeah, with only and That's, two, why, with that's only part of the steps.
0: reason I thought they would keep 11 is because of the uncertainty in Elton and Bakhtiari. And honestly, some of the uncertainty with Myers. I, he only played, what, five? He
1: well, only played a handful doing, of games last year. But he's playing with knee braces this year after last year's experience. But it wasn't just before. a
0: knee, though. It was the finger, too. It was, finger, the, it was too. this weird finger issue. which Yeah, that, that's, that's true. Be, that's kind of just a That's got to be kind thing. of a fluke. That's right? kind of fluky, yeah. It was like a broken finger into an infection. So it's yeah. like, yeah, it's kind of it's kind of fluky. But, yeah, that's kind of how I felt about the O-line room. I would have liked to have seen Caleb Jones uh, stay on the roster. I would love to see him back on the practice squad. Yep. I, we'll we'll uh, know by
1: tomorrow afternoon.
0: Yeah, I, I would not be surprised at all if he gets snagged by someone else. Uh, competent O-line are hard to find in the NFL, and I think he showed that he could play in a pinch for an NFL team yep. right now. There's
1: people who play in a pinch in competent O-line. Dennis Kelly got cut today. By who?
0: The Colts. Oh. I mean, if Bakhtiari and Elton can't go or Elton can't go, I would love for them to maybe give him a look, bring him in for a workout. Yeah, so that kind of surprised me when I saw that. Yeah, I mean, so I, think, about like I thought the, he looked okay last year.
1: Yeah.
0: I thought he looked all right. I, I mean, I know the, the playoff game didn't go great for him, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't mind having him back for depth. Not at all. Well, anyway, so that makes up the offense. That's 25 players on offense. And now let's move on to the defense, where we also have 25 players. Starting with the D-line, where a lot of it is as you'd expect, although that sixth spot is a bit interesting. In the past three years, under LaFleur, they have kept 6-6-5. Six, six, and five. They keep 6 again this year. They kept Kenny Clark, Dean Lowry, Jerron Reed, TJ Slayton, Devontae Wyatt. And then in that sixth spot, it seemed to be a bit of a three-man race between Jack Heflin, Chris Slayton, and Jonathan Ford, and I thought Heflin was going to be in the lead, but they went with Jonathan Ford, the draft pick, the 7th rounder out of Miami. Um I know you had Heflin in your 53 man prediction. Well, actually, but I
1: had Heflin in like my last three of my last four. Oh, you switched it at the last second. The last ah, second sneaky I took him sneaky. Out and, and I went with five defensive tackles.
0: Oh, okay, I, so you you so still didn't have Ford. I
1: still didn't have Ford. Okay. I had so six corners Mm, okay yep yep um five safeties and only five d linemen okay in the end so that's so that's what what i decided in the end there
0: i actually thought that ford looked pretty good in the preseason i don't think he looked as good as heflin but you know maybe they think there's a little more ceiling there he's a bit bigger than heflin i think um He's a big. He's, he's a big dude. He's a he big is, dude. I think he'll play a little more on special teams, probably than half. Well, they both would have come, played a lot. On coming special teams. Coming out of so. college, when I, you know, in the draft after a juxtaposition, he's not not a player
1: I actually looked at before the draft. I think he worked as a, in the protection units for like um, punts and kicks and and uh, you know, field goals, extra points. So that was, I think, his special teams experience and the speculation was that's why he was drafted because he was not uh, a good tester he was actually the lowest like grass score of any of their players by a lot
0: Mm -hmm. Uh, but i feel like he he looks quicker than he tested and maybe
1: that you know at he's not quite as heavy as he was then
0: yeah that's definitely true that's the truth that's true for caleb jones as well Yeah, but that's the big surprise there on that D line group. I think the rest of it is very expected. Looking good. Yeah, I also had five guys on my fifty-three man roster, but Gutikins loves his draft picks, and he kept every single one of them.
1: Right, as as the as the uh, um, the training camp and the preseason went on, I think I heard more and more people saying, "Well, maybe they won't keep any of their seventh four seventh round picks," and they ended up keeping all of them.
0: Yeah, I think the I would have thought they'd keep two. I think mm-hmm. that keeping none of them would have been like, the, it would. I think it would have gone against a lot of what Gutkin said, where he talked about specifically how he felt like the seventh round of this draft had a lot of fifth rounders in it because of the COVID um, displacements. Right, where people who had
1: people waited had to wait. Yeah, exactly. To, to, uh, uh, um, declare and, them
0: and they so I. Earlier years. I would have been surprised if he had talked about after the draft how high he was on the 7th rounders and then kept none of them that would have been kind of surprising to me but anyway that's the d-line group we're going to move on now to the edge group where it's some more of kind of what you'd expect they kept 5 they've kept 4 5 and 5 in the last 3 years they kept Rashawn Gary, Preston Smith, Preston Smith, sorry, Tiyonalii, Jonathan Garvin and JJ Anigbare um, there was some talk there about whether or not Kobe Jones, who had gotten some snaps with the ones when Gary had to go out for one practice might make the roster. There have been talks about Ladarius Hamilton possibly making the roster, but in the end they go with the three expected ones, Gary, Preston Smith, and the draft pick and and then Tipa and Jonathan Garvin.
1: Yeah, that, actually, this is a position I had the five. Correct. Had the whole position. Correct. Gold no, star. It, 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 <laughs> it changed a little bit. Uh, you know, from the beginning of the offseason or earlier in the offseason program, uh, Hamilton was like one of the first guys off the bench behind Smith and Gary. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he, he ended up further down the depth chart.
0: Yeah. And I think if I'm looking at this from a depth chart perspective, I think it's going to go, in my opinion, Gary Smith. Garvin and Ngubare Tippa. Is that kind of how you see it? That's the way. Oh, unless uh, you know Enigbare, um moves up. Yeah, with room for Ngubare to move up a little bit. Consistent
1: in his, setting the edge against the run. Oh yeah, and his ceiling dec- is
0: definitely the best of the three of those guys.
1: Yeah, I think he's got more uh, pass rush moves and uh, and more more effective.
0: Yeah, but i I do think the edge went kind of as expected. I'm a little disappointed that Kobe Jones didn't make it. I thought that he showed a lot, and I would love to see him back on the practice squad. Um, but let's I move think on he's to a
1: prime practice practice squad. Candidate. Oh yeah,
0: but it is tough, you know. Edges who show stuff in the preseason. I know you said that like we only get only one person usually gets claimed per team, but it's <laughs> watch, me, watch me, the Packers like oh we got four up guys. Right, yeah. I mean they've only had three in the last six years. so We got. Wouldn't get four that this be year. some? Wouldn't that be something? <laughs> just like, oh yeah, so uh, Packers lost all of their depth because they got they cut some good players and freaking. It's gonna be like the Bears. It's a hundred percent gonna be the Bears and the Broncos. Bears and the the Bears and the Broncos. The Bears and the Broncos who have like former Packers coaches are gonna take oh. like half the Packers roster. I wouldn't even wouldn't even be that surprised. But anyway, well, let's the Bears, move on. they could just throw half of their roster away and nobody would be able to tell the well, difference. That's what uh, Robert Mays from the Athletic uh, Football Show, which is an excellent podcast, I would recommend it. He was talking about, he's like, man, you know, the thing is when your team is not expected to do much, you can just churn the bottom of that roster and just keep picking guys up on the wire over and over again. So you, they're going to be sniping people. For a lot, of, a lot of these guys. I mean, yeah, of course, why not? But anyway, let's move on to the linebacker position. Another position that went exactly as expected. Uh, they've kept four, four, and five in the last three years. They keep four again this year. Devondre Campbell, Quay Walker, Isaiah McDuffie, Chris Barnes as the four. I think the only question going into camp was whether or not who that fourth spot would be, whether or not McDuffie would make the team. But then I think as camp went on and the preseason games happened, McDuffie just flashed so much that these four are were complete rock-solid locks. And the only question was whether or not they might keep a fifth in Ray Wilborn or Ty Summers, but they stuck with four.
1: Yeah, and four has been, you know, well, it's not that many years, you know, but now it's three years out of four with the four inside linebackers. Yeah, and, uh, and, and they seemed well ahead of anybody else.
0: Yeah, there was a noticeable gap after Barnes. Yeah. For the for the play and
1: Oh, you have McDuffie ahead of Barnes.
0: Of course. McDuffie played before Barnes. Although I do think the depth chart is more position oriented in this linebacker group. I do think it's Devondre Campbell, then Chris Barnes at that Mike spot, and then Quay Walker, and then Isaiah McDuffie at that uh Will spot, that weak side linebacker. Okay. Um and so that's why I think McDuffie was playing or Oh next sorry, reverse that actually. Although, because no, because McDuffie was playing with Quay Walker, so I actually take that back. I take that back entirely because so I think I do think McDuffie has passed Chris Barnes. Although I do think Chris Barnes is underrated. Sorry mm-hmm. about that. That was that was a mistake. McDuffie did play with Quay, so that's that's my mistake. So yeah, I, I do have McDuffie ahead of Chris Barnes. He played he played ahead of him in all of the preseason games. I I think Chris Barnes is underrated. But um, you just got to go off what they what the Packers' decision making process tells us.
1: Yeah, I think McDuffie is a player uh, who had the biggest year two leap um, to my eyes.
0: Yeah, um, I mean in, in the games,
1: seeing in the games anyway.
0: I mean, in terms of who else is even on that list, is it just Jake Hansen and him? Are they the two? Oh, except that Jake have had Hansen's the biggest three, right? Oh, you're right, you're right, you're right. But T.J. Yeah, Slater, I suppose, is a yep, no that's fair. Been that's fair. That's a good. That's a good cut. That's good. Um, yeah, that's right. Jake Hansen was on the practice squad the whole first year. Um, but yeah, that's the linebacker group, pretty standard. Um, let's move on to the corner group, uh, where they kept. Uh, this was a bit surprising. They only kept five after keeping seven, six, and six the last three years, and although we'll we'll get to the safety group. They did keep ten. They did keep five safeties, so they did keep ten total secondary members, which is the same number of secondary players they kept last year. But only five corners: Jair Alexander, Eric Stokes, Rasul Douglas, Keyshawn Nixon, and Shamar John Charles, uh, which I think we all had as the five top-ranked corners. But I do think that a lot of people thought that a sixth one would be there for some special teams, and thought that maybe Rico Gafford or K.Bianento Anento or Innis Gaines, who was cut with an injury designation, if I remember correctly, uh, would take a sixth spot and kind of be a special teamer slash depth piece there.
1: Yeah, I even had Keandre Thomas in my final uh, fifty-three.
0: Yeah, but I think I think they were listing him under safety, weren't they? Or am I misremembering? I thought he was under a corner. Ah, well, but, but anyway, only so five see, corners. Like,
1: that the only five quarters that uh shamar Jean charles john charles really uh kind of jumped ahead of that group fighting for uh number five
0: yeah i mean here's my question for you who's fourth on the depth chart nixon or john charles
1: i don't think we know yet
0: i don't think so either i would lean nixon i would lean nixon for now since they did do that thing where they brought nixon in and put douglas to safety but i i think it's close I think John Charles showed a lot in his in his second year. I you know actually he's another one. Big leap, one. Yep. Big leap that in we year didn't 2. think of before
1: had a, a big yeah. two, year 2 leap.
0: Yep. 100%. Um but yeah, only five corners and I do think this is a very top heavy corner group. But you know, oh, yeah. I actually we knew was that. very we knew impressed that
1: going into the off season.
0: But I was impressed. I was pleasantly surprised by Nixon and John Charles. I was very yeah, pleasantly surprised. I think impressed.
1: a lot of people were talking about how rough the Packers' sec- secondary depth looked, but that was mostly getting down, especially the corners, to like the sixth, seventh, and eighth or ninth corners who were not gonna have any, not gonna be on the team.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: so I think that I, I think you know Nixon was very highly rated in the slot last
0: year, actually, though not so well on the on the boundary. Yeah, I mean but you know they it's a different posi- it's almost an entirely different position.
1: Yeah, but when people said you know he's pro- you know coming in just for special teams, he's actually well, he's a pretty good slot corner too.
0: He's yeah, and I think that like we said in our previous podcast in the second one, that the fact that they're willing to they were willing to bring Keyshawn Nixon in with the starters and move Rasul Douglas back shows that they like Nixon as one of their one two, three, four, six best, seven best um Uh, secondary players. Yeah, Yeah, defensive backs. But anyway, that's our corner room. On to the safeties, where a little bit of surprise in a couple spots, uh, but they kept five after keeping four, five, and four the last three years under LaFleur. They kept Adrian Amos, Darnell Savage, Dolan Levitt, Tariq Carpenter, and Micah Abernathy. And I think the two things I want to talk about here are the fact that Dolan Levitt is back-practicing and that is on the me. 50th. Yeah, super shocking because it sounded like when Lafleur said it's going to be a while on the shoulder. That's usually Lafleur code for he's going on IR and was he like, might right. be back by the end of the season. That was maybe. like
1: that, that's like you can't tell the difference between what he said about Levitt from what he said about Jair last year.
0: Oh, yeah, exactly. exactly. he might
1: be out for a little while with that shoulder issue.
0: You can't tell the difference between what he said between Dolan Levitt and Vernon Scott, who got cut for with an injury designation this year. Like it, the, he, he yeah. that man gives. Zero about injuries. You yep. cannot tell. He is keeping you guessing at every turn. <laughs> yep. But I think that's the big thing for Levitt, though. He's It sounds like he's going to be good to go. I know a lot of people did speculate, though, that they might keep him on the 53 and then add him to IR after and add someone back. But the fact that he's already back at practice does seem like to me that that's not going to happen.
1: Yeah, I had been planning that for weeks until he started practicing again um, the other day.
0: Yeah. And but that's gonna be really nice to have. I wasn't that impressed with him at safety to be honest, but to have another experienced special teamer who knows what Basaccio wants. I mean, it's not like the special teams has looked very great so far, but you know, it's it'll be helpful to have more guys back there that know what they
1: Yeah.
0: I, I think his uh hopefully play, know what they're doing.
1: <laughs> special teams looks much better than his coverage ability. I, I like I really like Mike Abernathy. I thought he yeah. looked really good, making lots of nice plays, diagnosing we just, and attacking.
0: You know what my problem with Micah Abernathy is? Why I, on earth is he wearing 46? What <laughs> it why is he I hate I hate to be part of Jersey number Twitter, Jersey number podcasting. But 46 is a is a terrible safety he number. He must have been better than they expected. Yes, because that is 46. the number of a guy who is gonna get cut. That is exactly the number of a guy who is just out there. Like who is number 46? But it is interesting though, just a little um touch on um on Micah Abernathy is that uh Wes Hodkowitz had a little bit of a deep dive where he looked back at different Packers fifty three man rosters and he found that Micah Abernathy in terms of players without an accrued NFL season, so like rookies, players who didn't play a full season in the NFL didn't. So non vets, he made the team in the least number of days from when he joined the team to cut down day that the Packers have ever had. He only had 20 days to earn a spot on the Packers roster from when he was added to now. And he was able to earn that spot on the 53, which I think just says loads about him. He's a former USFL player. He had a hard time getting to the league, but he has earned his spot on this team. He looked good. In that preseason game,
1: he's yeah he's he's like well, One thing I'd like to say before we leave this position is I f- I feel really bad for Sean Davis. Yeah, this guy yes. who was like yes. the number three safety for a lot of the offseason program was looking good, and he gets hurt like two days before cut downs. Yeah, so that's hurt crazy. on
0: Monday, which I didn't even I didn't even see that report when I was no, looking I over the tweets on Monday's I practice. I totally like missed out. it. Yeah, and so, then cut with uh, a knee he'll injury is so
1: tough. Make it back to the practice squad. I don't know. I don't know what the knee injury is. I haven't heard Yeah, I saw
0: him that. put something out on his Instagram story. Um, someone tweeted it. I, I can't remember who tweeted the screenshot of it, but he said, uh feeling close to a hundred, gonna be back soon, like don't worry. Something like that. So maybe they're gonna add him back to the practice squad.
1: I think he's a player that they would they would want to based on how much uh um
0: how much run he got, he, with, with he got with with the ones and the twos. Yeah. 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 I would I mean I would love him back. They need as much freaking help back there as they can get
1: yeah and carpenter looks like mostly a linebacker or special team player
0: yeah his he only played
1: left a little <laughs> his <laughs> coverage or and it's not great communication it's, it's
0: not great bob it's left not a great little,
1: left a little bit to be desired though he had nice tackling yes that, i mean i saw him on defense yeah
0: i saw him make that tackle on special teams and i immediately was like i'm in i would rather our fifth safety be a pure special teamer and they add people around him And I I just need at least the 20th ranked special teams. And if that means keeping a fifth safety who can't cover, but can play special teams, then so be it. I'll just, that's the L you have to take. I think at this point, they just have to try something new. Like they, they need guys who can tackle. They need guys who can fill a lane and like beat a block who stay, who stay in in their lanes. What was it? It's, it's just been so bad for so long that they, if they have a good special teamer, they can't afford to cut him. And they clearly drafted Carpenter because they thought he could be a good special teamer.
1: He's got some good traits for special teams. He's got he's big enough to hold up, and he's got enough speed—mostly straight line speed. But and it we'll looks take, like he's a good tackler. It's like you know, form tackle, wrapping people up, bring them to the ground a lot yep, of the time.
0: Exactly. And and they just need they just need bodies on special teams, which I think is what Levitt, Abernathy, Carpenter are going to be. And, you know, hopefully they can sneak Davis back onto the practice squad. Although, I, does that, how does that work with the injury designation? I don't, is that even think, possible?
1: You know, so with, when you, as I understand it, waived with in, in, injury designation, you clear waivers, you revert back to the team that um, waived you on the injured list, then they get an injury settlement, and then they're free to go anywhere.
0: But if they get an injury settlement, they can't come back. I think there is a gap of time. There's I think a little I read, gap. I think it's. I think though. it's, though a, it's I think it's more sizable than a little. IR. It no, it's not. But I think after, if I remember correctly, and sorry, listeners, that we we didn't we're not as on top of this as we should be. But I believe that there is a gap of time. I think I read something that Ken Ingalls on Twitter. Follow him. He's a great follow. Um, he is. Let me give you his Twitter real quick. Uh, he is great for following for Packers cap information. Um, he keeps a great running total of that. It's at Ken Ingalls, K E N I N G A L L S. Ken Ingalls Packers cap, but he tweeted that there is a gap of time that a uh, you need to wait before you can re-sign these players when you when you reach an injury designation. But that is the defense twenty-five, so an even twenty-five twenty-five, perfectly balanced as all, as things, all things should, should be. be. <laughs> um, but yeah, and then I think that the most interesting and most impactful um, roster decision of the Packers 53-man roster, though, was on special teams, where they kept who you'd expect a punter, Pat O'Donnell. They kept who you'd expect at long snapper, Jack Coco. But Mason Crosby, the Silver Fox himself, is off the pup list. He is most likely going to be back for week one they kept they cut ramiz ahmed and so that seems like an all systems go for mason crosby doesn't it
1: yeah they did they did take it down to the wire
0: oh they took it as (laughs) down to the wire as 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 you're like legally allowed to do (laughs) yep and say
1: okay we're not gonna let anybody know what we're planning ahead of
0: time you gotta keep them guessing you gotta you gotta keep them guessing but i think it's it's so i know he struggled a lot last year but we've seen Mason Crosby back, bounce back from struggles before. I know he's coming off injury, but yeah, I, I th- trust th- him out there more than a lot of people. <laughs> yeah, and I, I think they like Ahmed. Uh, he was he was looking
1: good. I uh, would like him back on the, the practice
0: squad. And, and I, I almost thought they might keep him outright over Crosby entirely, given Crosby's age and injuries. I thought they would be like, like, oh, the sky Ramiz Ahmed pretty pretty good. I thought that pretty was not on
1: bad. The table. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. Yeah, and uh, otherwise for the special teams, I thought Coco has been looking pretty solid, you know, in in the in the uh, preseason games anyway. I, think I mean, he hasn't had a bad hasn't actually had a bad snap on a punt
0: or a kick. Yeah, he's been he's been better than Bradley was, and or Wordle, and he's been better than Wordle was. So, I mean, we just all we all we asked for early is competency. on competency
1: in in off season were a little. <laughs> erratic that he, his snapping was but at least as far as the preseason games have gone he's he's looked he's looked good
0: yeah but i think i think that mason crosby news is the most important news of the night or of the day that's big news yeah and more you know, and more 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 of our players are coming off pup i think it's just so hard to win close games if you don't have a veteran kicker who you know yep. can kick in the cold? That's the other thing with Ramiz Ahmed. You don't know if he can kick in the cold.
1: No, we have no idea if he can kick in the cold. And and um... and to be
0: fair, maybe he can, but it's just there's no we don't have any like tangible evidence. I mean, I forget where he like, went like co- where he that was. College. Tell me why I was, was asking my producer too, that same thing. I think he only kicked. He played college football in Nevada, so gets a little only, cold it, there.
1: Only like his last year or two, right? Did he like not mm. play all his first two years in college? Something, I trust you on that one.
0: Like that's a that's a poll you would know. <laughs> But, yeah, that's the Packers 53-man roster. 25 on offense, 25 on defense, three on special teams. Mason Crosby is back. Um, but then there were a lot of cuts around the NFL.
1: Yeah. Um, so we quick, also each quick, have
0: a quick dive into that. Yeah, we, we can do a little quick dive. I was just going to talk about the five players that I would be interested in the Packers adding. If you want, I can give my five, you can give your five, and we can just, I, I can give my five and talk about why I like them, and you can give your five and talk about why you like them. Sure. Okay, uh, so my five were Anthony Harris, who was just cut by the Eagles. I think that we've seen him a long time for the Vikings. If he's willing to take a little bit of a pay cut to play against his former team that let him go, um, I think he's still a very solid safety in this league. Uh, Tony Jefferson um, from the Ravens. He's probably going back to the Ravens. He's kind of a Ravens lifer. Um, Shout out uh, my friend Garrett, who tweeted that he – at Garrett Sprints on Twitter – that he expects Tony Jefferson back on the roster in 48 hours. Um, I would be interested in Logan Ryan, uh, who the Buccaneers just caught, uh, just cut. Just those three guys are all safeties, and I think we can use some like real experienced safeties. And then I would be interested in either of Dalton Keene or Devin Asiasi, who the Patriots just cut both of them. I know Dalton Keene has really struggled with injuries, um, but they're both tight ends that the Patriots took in the third round just a few years ago uh dalton keen has like barely been able to even touch a football field he's been so injured but maybe just come and bring him in for a physical i think they both have a lot of talent i liked keen coming out of virginia tech i liked asiasi coming out of ucla um they could always use more tight ends in this offense yeah um, i remember but looking who did... at
1: those guys they've got kind of the same same draft as uh DeGuara. yep exactly 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 and
0: who are so who are your
1: five dad so I kind of have some similar positions. You know, I was also thinking tight end. Uh, I, I uh, tagged OJ you know, Howard as somebody I would think would is worth checking out on, uh, anyway. Yeah. Yeah. I know he's I still mean, recovering from that Achilles. Maybe he not but... left in the tank after his injury, but I think they should uh, at least check him out. Um, yeah.
0: There was a report he's going to head back to the Bills, but if you make a waiver claim, come on down. Yeah. It's cold here too. <laughs> <laughs> And then for safety, a player I was thinking
1: would be interesting was Jaquiski Tart. Yeah, shout had, out. Somebody had been thinking of for them to sign before he signed with the Eagles. With the Eagles, yep. Surprised and me I, that they cut him because, he, in addition to being, he's also pretty good at, in the slot as well yeah. as uh, being able to and, play safety. So he has I would like him as well,
0: but I do. I do think. Shout out uh, at g underscore fergie, my friend Gavin on Twitter, who is a big Niners fan. He tweeted that I think. I think I saw him tweet, or maybe I just imagined it, but I think Tarts probably going back to the Niners, given that Jimmy Ward is really injured, and that's where Jaquiski Tart had played the last however many years. I they have a need there. He knows the the people there. I think he'll probably head back there. But if he if the Packers could convince him to come, I think he could really help out their secondary.
1: Yeah, I think he'd be nice. But yeah, if he he may choose to go to the Niners if he can. Yeah. Um, other players looked at the only receiver that I kind of have had any interest in is like Tyler Johnson, and that was mostly because yeah, I yeah, thought he was kind I like... of interesting coming out of Minnesota. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Um, so he might be worth taking a look at. That. I'm not sure if he is an improvement over what we have. I actually, kind of like our group of guys and the potential they have. Yeah, I agree. Um, I don't and, know.
0: I don't know if he's better than Toure even.
1: Right. Um, and then the other the last position is an uh, edge rusher. Yep. And two players who were cut one today and one yesterday, uh um Devin Kennard and uh Kamoko T- Yep
0: Our Yeah, Toure so had uh what, five sacks last year? Five, five and a half, half sacks last
1: year for the Colts.
0: Yeah. He got I mean, let go solid. By,
1: by the Niners and so thinking about you know, wanna imp- and a lot of people have talked about this idea of getting a um a veteran edge rusher added to the group, and so I think one of these guys might be uh, an interesting way to go.
0: Yeah, I mean, I I would au- you you can never have too many good pass rushers. That's just a that's just a rule.
1: But one thing we do know, Packers are not claiming ten guys.
0: <laughs> no, <laughs> no, they are not.
1: And and to, and to claim these players off of waivers, they have to go to your fifty-three. You cannot claim yep. a player and put on your practice
0: squad yep they can't go right there well that that's the packers 53 we're through the whole thing do you that's have our, anything you know nfl cut down day episode yep as the you've, you've heard our raw reactions uh some surprises do you have any a few yeah but i think for the most part kind of expected yeah oh yeah for the most part kind of expected yeah no no crazy cuts like there had been in previous years no mike Daniels cut no josh Sitton. like no josh sit cut nothing like that this year very pretty standard i would say
1: yeah i think the uh that was saved for the uh, like the the raiders
0: <laughs> we could <laughs> we could talk about that for another hour but anyway that's the packers 53 thank you so much for coming and listening to this podcast you can find it on youtube father son packers podcast Um, find us on apple podcast spotify wherever your podcasts are found you can find us please follow us on twitter at father son packer we're trying to get our engagement up subscribe to us on youtube follow us wherever you can but in the meantime go pack go go pack go